Hi, everybody. We have a wonderful show coming up here. We're with Dr. Denise Warden once again, but on something is really profound, um, new research coming out that just goes to show you how incredibly sensitive our bodies are to healing via information. And information can flow in a thousand different ways, but one of the most potent, powerful, um, and highly studied ways is through homeopathics. And Denise is going really deep down a major rabbit hole on what homeopathics can actually do for us. So without further ado, let's welcome Denise. Hi, Denise. So good to see you again. Good to see you again, too. This is really exciting because you're taking homeopathics beyond what most people normally think to use it for. You're going into some really deep research. And I I think, I would love for you to just talk about homeopathics for a moment. For people who aren't well familiar with the fact that oftentimes these homeopathic remedies don't even have an atom left of the original inspiring element or herb or concoction. It's, it's just purely imprinted information that the body soaks up like a sponge. So tell us about homeopathics before we launch into the big story. We're learning more and more. We don't know a lot about the mechanism of action of how it actually works, Regina. But uh, I just talked with uh, Dr. Robert Elliott in Louisiana today, and we may collaborate and do a research to actually study homeopathy and look at the mitochondria inside the cell and how that's changing. So that at least gives us a downstream of how we think it may be working. And you're correct. When we talk about homeopathy, people say nothing's in there. Well, it depends on how you look at it. It is a very diluted dose of something. And yes, we do believe that either the frequency or the vibration change the water molecule. That's one theory. We haven't proven it yet. Other theories are there's still just enough of the molecule left in there that maybe our bodies are responding. But we're sensitive and it doesn't take a big push for our bodies to do some great things. Yeah, what I think originally fascinated me about studying home, uh, looking into homeopathy years, years ago, like 30 years ago, um, when I was first studying it was the notion that the more it's potentized, which is diluted, shaken, diluted, shaken, the more it goes through that potentization process, the less of the original substance is in there and the more powerful the substance seems to become in the end. You're exactly right. And it's hard for people to get their head wrapped around that, especially physicians. But then I say, okay, think about a vaccine. What does a vaccine do? It's a minute, minute amount of the same exact virus or whatever we're working at to put it into the body for the body to say, oh, I recognize that. My own immune system's going to go in and learn it and know how to fight. So I use the vaccine analogy. It's just an easier way to look at it. You know what? You're right on because you have to bridge those two worlds. Yeah. And I think that's the <laughs> best way to put it. <laughs> so we can say with homeopathy, there's even less than in a vaccine. Yes. The point is, there is very potent information. And our cells, our mitochondria, as you say, are, are absorbing this and adjusting to the information. And you've been dealing with, um, I guess, a pretty advanced firm out of Germany in particular, right? Yes, it's a new company. We've had some germ- other German companies in the country before where we've done injectables. You know, there's the oral that you can get at the health food stores. Those are all fantastic. Um, they work well too, but the injectables have their own unique uh, properties and ways to use them. This new company called Hevert out of Germany, they're not new. They've been in Germany 60 years. Company is run by the family, sustainability. I mean, just beautiful people, beautiful company. And they do a lot of R&D in looking at 
trying to figure out this homeopathic, why we know, we know it works, but how does it work? So they're new injectables. I've had about a year and a half. I got it before anybody else in the country under what's called compassionate use. So through the FDA, so I can start uh, working with some of these on patients. So uh, I've been very impressed with their line of injectables. And the line of injectables deals with everything from depression and anxiety through pain management. And I know a while back you and I talked about um, using this for some of the nerve disorders where you have extremely uh, painful nervous conditions such as fibromyalgia that they're making you know, real headway in being able to use such this non-invasive um, practice of homeopathics and, and helping to curb the pain in people. And now let's get into the meat of it. Yeah, the exciting one. Yeah, it was an accident. Yeah, Nash. You know, I, I just, being the researcher that I am on one of these injectables, um, I said, good grief, let me, let me start looking at this. But let's go ahead. Do you have a question or you want me to just delve in? Uh, no, all I was going to say is we're bringing up the subject of NASH, N-A-S-H, you know, which has to do with non-alcoholic fatty liver diseases. And most people think, well, I don't have that disease. I, I don't know why that matters to me. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. And let's talk well, about the symptoms and how you recognize this is actually a very large issue. And yes, yes, it is. And it's under-recognized and it's growing fast. So, uh, yes, I, how it began, uh, there's a medical device called a FibroScan. And usually the only way you can tell whether you've got fatty liver or especially uh, non, uh, NASH when it's got the inflammatory component was by a liver biopsy. Now, nobody wants to run down and get a liver biopsy to see the health of their liver. Also, when you look at labs, People say, my doctor says my labs are fine for my liver. Well, those enzymes only go up outside of range once you've already lost at least 50% of the function. That's too late. So we can't see it in blood work, really. And we, the, nobody wants to get a biopsy. So this new device came in and it's got multiple studies. It's, it's head to head with a biopsy. I had it in my office for about three months. And I said, okay, I'm going to see how many of my healthy Wonderful patients working with me actually have, might have fatty liver disease. And I'll talk about the stats in a minute because they're staggering how, how many people are suffering with this and don't know it. But so started looking at these patients and identifying um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and non and NASH. So the difference for Gina really is one is fatty liver right? And, and the, the population in America, 34% of the population has been identified with this already. And guess what? There's got to be a lot more than that because, again, we're not diagnosing it. We, there's a lot that we don't know and there's no real symptoms. So you're saying there, there are no real symptoms. Well, now that's going to freak people out thinking, oh my God, how do I know? So continue, please. That's right. So you really don't know unless you get some kind of testing. And you can assume uh, that if you have type 2 diabetes or you're obese, that you have fatty liver. You can assume it because a huge percent of the population that has those diseases on board have fatty liver. So, but what was interesting to me, I had thin, very healthy, doing everything right, exercising, diet, the whole bit, and identifying not just non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, not just NASH, which is the next step, which means there's inflammation going on in that liver, which causes the scarring. Now you have fibrosis, 
Then it progresses to cirrhosis. People have heard of that. Now we're in trouble. It's mostly scarred. It's not functioning. And now we're in liver failure and have a higher chance of liver cancer. So I'm identifying in these healthy patients cirrhosis. And and it was disturbing. So I happen to have in my hip pocket these injectables out of Europe, out of Hebert. I had five and one they've been using for many, many years in Germany and in Europe uh, for liver and gallbladder health. So I knew that my patients that had gallstones and gall sludge, I'd use this injection and I could quantify that. We could look at it later and say, hey, the stones are gone, the sludge is gone, your enzymes are back in normal range. I knew it was working for gallbladder. So when I had this device, I said, let's start looking. And I started using these injections. Okay. So let's talk, you wanted to get to the stats. Let's talk about the stats and let's talk about with these injections. When you started noticing with these injections, no one else is really doing this right at this time. No, they haven't. I was the first to do it, first to discover it, and uh, we're, we're trying to get the word out there because it's beautiful to have something that doesn't have side effects to be able to, to work on a condition that is growing and is, is, is huge. Yeah, and also I would think in Germany, because of the preponderance of the population's kind of daily consumption of beer, although they're becoming more health conscious there as well, that cirrhosis would have been an issue that they would have been trying to work on with this. Well, well, interesting, Regina. When I started looking to this, it didn't surprise me that the number one country with fatty liver disease was South America. That didn't surprise me. Next was Middle East, then Asia, then America, and then Europe. So really, why is that? Alcoholic is no alcohol. (laughs) Right. Well, certainly with that, non-alcoholic. Right, right. So, uh, you know, we're number four, but we, you know, 34% known of the population. That means about 42 million adults right now in the United States have fatty liver disease. And they, about 30%, 15 to 30% of those are going to progress on to NASH. Now we're in trouble. And is, of that 34%, is this all non-alcoholic related or does this also include cirrhosis from alcohol? So, so non-alcoholic. So cirrhosis can happen from alcohol, from viruses, hepatitis. It can happen from fatty liver. So remember, it's kind of that progression. It goes from non-alcoholic fatty liver disease to fatty liver disease, with, um, which is NASH, but has inflammation. Then it goes to fibrosis. Next stage is cirrhosis. Next stage goes into um, we need a liver transplant or we've got cancer. So um, cirrhosis is just more of the end stage of this whole progression that we're talking about. Okay. So you were saying earlier there there are no symptoms that we would recognize per se. However, let's talk about um, maybe with women more than men. I don't know. But weight that can't be lost on the body is... Because I heard that I read that this is implicated in having this NASH or the uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Right. So you're more prone to have it if you're obese. And so, yes, when I started looking at these injections, I also was tracking weight to see were patients losing weight when we were uh, helping their liver. And they did. And one of the cases, and I think you've got a slide that we can look at in a little bit. Yeah, I think it's fine. Let's go ahead and go to a slide um, now and tell us what we're seeing. 
So this particular patient, you can see a 64-year-old female, she actually came to me because she had full body rashes. I mean, they were oozing. And when I say full body, I mean everywhere. She had been miserable. It had been about two years. They were oozing. They were itching, hurting. She couldn't sleep. She'd been to all the best top specialists in the country. Nobody could figure it out. So when I looked at the whole picture, means looking at the patient, I saw that she'd had a uh, biopsy and had been identified with uh, cirrhosis. Um, She actually has an autoimmune disease where she's attacking her own liver. And they were just kind of tracking it. And that was on biopsy. So they were waiting till she needed a transplant. So I told her, I said, I don't know, but if we get your liver better, it's possible it might help those rashes. Okay, what is this? We're going to look at slide number 16. What is this going to show us now? This is showing us that when you look at uh, the top little where it says peer review cutoff value reference, it's just showing you what level she had to be at to have cirrhosis. She was cirrhotic. Also, what level of fatty level she was, and she had fatty as well. So we knew it. There was biopsy as well as the fibro scan that I used, so we knew what was going on with this patient. But what happened in the long long run was her liver enzymes went from 229 and 239 back down to 23 and 35, which Regina normal. That's normal liver enzymes. This is in four injections. Not only did the enzymes go down, she lost 10 pounds. She was losing the fat in her abdomen. And guess what? Those full body rashes resolved. So uh, it was a, it's a good case. That's why I wanted everybody to kind of see this, what can happen. That is so exciting, Denise. Isn't that exciting? Okay. So when our liver is toxic, right? Yes. So are these, was this an expression of the toxins when you start having all of these things coming out of the skin and so forth? Yes, and we do see that. Sometimes, you know, even in the natural, especially nature paths, we see a skin issue. We immediately start talking about the gut health and the liver, which is part of that same process. So, yes, I knew by looking at her and looking at everything that she had brought me and all of her symptoms, I was hoping that those rashes were being caused by that liver, and they were. So, okay, so the big story here. If we have stubborn weight that doesn't fall off no matter what we do, then there's probably an implication of fatty liver disease of some kind here, right? I'll say it could be, but there's hormones play into yeah. it, cortisol. There's so many other reasons, Regina. That's why you just kind of kind of take that individual patient and see. But I think what's underthought about in medicine is this fatty liver disease with obesity. And remember, obesity causes it, but I also think that when you have fatty liver disease, that also works the other way around and can cause us to have a struggle in trying to lose weight. But again, you were talking about skinny, healthy clients of yours. That's exactly right. What else is inspiring this fatty fatty liver disease in humanity? Yes. And we're seeing it in young. We're seeing it in children. Now, type 2 diabetic and obese children, we're seeing fatty liver as well. But there are healthy Adults without these diseases that have this fatty liver. My hypothesis is 
<laughs> is just like with hormones, why everybody's struggling with hormones. I think environmentally, we're so toxic. We've got heavy metals, we've got solvents, all the environmental things that we know about that are hitting us. It's affecting our hormones, it's causing inflammation, and it's causing our body not to be able to react the way it should. There's no other real reason if it's not alcohol and it's not hepatitis, a virus, hepatitis, and it's not that you took too much Tylenol. If there's no known cause, what is it? Why are healthy people? And my, my postulation is it's our environment. Yes, and we've talked about this in other shows, which brings us to the question of um, outside of getting into a, a pretty dire uh, situation where you require injectables, what about some of the other more known techniques, such as um, more common, like hold the Clark's old-fashioned liver flushes? Let's talk about what some of the natural ways of detoxifying our body and our organs might be. Right. So, you know, I, I talk about the ones that I've got some science behind that I could back up because remember, I have to bridge both worlds. Right. So one, one would be full spectrum saunas. I love saunas, infrared saunas. I especially like the full spectrum ones. We know with obesity, it helps. So if we're losing weight, great. It gets rid of those toxins. That's part of the protocol that I talk to patients about. Also, good old milk thistle. People know about milk thistle with their liver. Well, the studies are showing that it it's working and helping with NASH and cirrhosis and fibrosis, all of these conditions we're talking about. So the studies are actually backing, out, uh, backing up that old medicine with milk thistle. But another one that I think that is overlooked, um, it's a new, we're starting to talk more about it. Uh, it's called modified citrus pectin, MCP. That has multiple studies with cancer, with congestive heart failure, with atherosclerosis, any cardiovascular events with diabetes. What it does is block a molecule called galactin-3, and that molecule's upstream. So when we block it, it blocks a lot of the bad pathways for many of our diseases, including these liver diseases that we're talking about. So I add on modified citrus pectin, milk thistle, uh, infrared sauna, and I had noted on my uh, analysis, because we had about 60 patients go through, and I looked at everything. I was looking at even doing metformin, which is getting blood sugar down, which sometimes we do with uh, patients with cancer. I looked at that um, to see what that might do with NASH. I didn't see a great effect, saw a little bit, but the ketogenic diet did pretty well as well. So if patients will do ketogenic diet and do these natural things, great. But none of them worked as quickly and as fast. Okay, so you just mentioned there are other clients and you're having the greatest success with the injectable. So let's take another case. And then uh, this is, I believe I have in my notes, slide number 13 that you're going to be showing us in a minute. So let's talk about what slide 13's case is all about. Right. This is a 57-year-old male. By looking at him, you'd think he's in his 40s. He exercises. He eats well. He's in incredible shape. Nothing showing up except a little. Um, his triglycerides could get a little high if we weren't watching that diet, but extremely healthy, no medications. So I put him under the, uh, under the uh, not the microscope, but the fibro scan, and sure enough, he had cirrhosis. Remember, that's end stage. And when we looked at it with the company and I went back and I said, I've done something wrong on the scan. He can't have this. He had and no symptoms at all? 
Yeah. No symptoms at all? Of no symptoms. No what symptoms. What made you even think to do? I will say this. It's a good time, Regina, is that once you're at the cirrhosis stage, you usually do. You can have rashes. You feel very fatigued, tired. You can have abdominal obesity. There are some signs that start sneaking in, maybe, when you have cirrhosis. But before that, there's really no signs. He didn't so have what, any- was, what was he in for? I mean, what gave you an indication to even do the scan? Health. I just, his yearly come in, I'm doing well, I'm, I'm on the right supplements, or is there anything new? Because, you know, I always have something new. So they come in, my patients come in once a year and say, what's new? What do I need to be doing to prevent? This is a prevention. Uh. So he came in and he had cirrhosis. It was a shock to both of us. We double checked the scan and they said, no, absolute perfect scan. And they said, he's in trouble. He'll need a transplant in about two years. Yikes. So, Right. So we took him and you can see her on the right. Uh, we took him. And if you look at the numbers, we took him from fatty, which is a grade three high fatty liver and cirrhosis in one injection. We started going down on the fi- on the fatty down into a normal range. And by his third injection, and you can see and the body kind of does this ride. One will get better, the fat will go high, and then the fibrosis gets better. It kind of does this, and we know that now, have a look at it. But by the end of his six injections, and I would really even say by the third injection, we had him out. We had him back in normal range. Normal range is a three to four in in most cases. So to get him back, you can see in that fourth one down to 3.5. And then that 4.9 on this slide, but I followed him after that, and he is in normal range on on the cirrhosis is not showing. So the even the fibro scan, uh, we when we were looking at these, they were like, oh, good grief, because that device, Regina, is being used right now in drug development because the powers that be in medicine and in research see that NASH is on the rise. It's going to be one of the worst chronic diseases we've got. It's going to be up there with heart disease and cancer. They see it coming. They see it. And we don't have any drugs. As of today, there's not a drug. They're in development and they fast-tracked them, uh, but they're going to have probably the same side effects and problems that we have with most medications. So they were astounded with these results. I, I can't even imagine. Okay, so let's look at how this information is being received by the medical institution because we know they tend to be rather slow to change. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten it out there yet. We have these case studies that you're starting to see. I presented it at a couple of smaller medical conferences. I am online at some larger conferences. In fact, Society for Integrative Oncology, which is the largest integrative oncology group, um, which is a big deal to even get to lecture. I didn't think they'd even want to hear about homeopathy. Not only did I get a lecture, they awarded me an entire workshop. So I'm going to be up there in front of them talking about the injections, talking about homeopathy. So they are starting to want to know about this. Well, Denise, you always blow me away. I'm just so impressed with your vigilance in this field. And this breakthrough is, this is huge. It it is, it is. This is huge for us, for future generations, because we're not, our environment is not getting any less toxic. That's right. Let me me just recap this quickly. If someone's not in your office, they're not going through this scan, they have no reason to suspect. By simply introducing, for example, far infrared and full spectrum, please explain the difference between the two, by the way. Right. 
and the, the MCP, the multiple citrus pectin, can we do something to kind of detoxify right. the liver? You know, the more I find out, out about modified citrus pectin, I think almost everybody needs to be on it. I really do. The it's stuff- modified, not multiple, oh. modified. Oh, yes. Modified. Yes. Yes. That's okay. They it's it's the more research we have and there's a lot out there already. But the more we see, the more important that becomes. And I think that it's because it's blocking the bad pathways upstream. That may be why it's helping protect us from all these environmental toxins. So, yeah, I I just think it's uh, the more we know about it, the more exciting that becomes. And if they don't want to do that, then even just some milk thistle could be somewhat protective. Eliminate alcohol, all the white stuff, you know, the white sugar, the white flowers, the corn syrup. Get rid of the junk because those things, too, cause obesity and are not helping us out. And if there's any medications, and many medications harm the liver, many. So when I have patients that we know that we've got problems with the liver, the first thing I do is look at what medications they're on. So that's a big one. And it's not just taking too much Tylenol. You know, they're across all classes of medication. Many of them use the liver. Okay, let me ask this then. So if people are listening to this and saying, whoa, I need to, as a preventative, find out what's going on. Um, Are there many doctors or naturopaths that that have the FibroScan devices you can go to? I mean, you can get one. No, and I don't even have it anymore. I used it in the clinical trial. I'm trying to see if I can get funding to get one in. Right now, Mayo Clinic has one. The larger teaching institutions have one, but they're being used for drug trials, and they're being used when a patient's on a transplant list to say, where's the cutoff? Now we have to do it. They're not being used in this preventive setting. That's why the company let me have it to see what we could do. So um, I'm in the middle of trying to figure that out, Regina, but it's an expensive piece of equipment. In the meantime, patients can go get there's certain kinds of ultrasounds that they can at least know whether they have maybe have fatty liver disease. Um, an ultrasound would start letting them know that it doesn't show the staging. Mm-hmm. But it would at least let you know, uh-oh, I've got a little bit of a problem. Um, so I, it's, 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 it was very unusual for me to find a patient that didn't have um, a, a fatty liver. Yikes. Well, yeah. all I can say is um, you, you continue to astound me. I hope your research blows up and the docs finally catch on that these machines become ubiquitous in practices across the country. Until then, we'll have to take care of ourselves, it sounds like. And That's it sounds funny. like also, do you, okay, so with this MCP, do you have a, a label or a line? Because a lot of people listening are going to want to start taking this supplement. So the product that I use was developed by Dr. Isaac Elias. He is the one that has done more research with major institutions on this um, citrus pectin. So I utilize him. His quality is good. And the company is Clinical Synergy Professional Formulas, which means I'm not sure the public can get that. They may have to get it from their alternative docs that are carrying this, but I'm not sure. But that particular product is the one to do. And Regina, if they can get it from me, if they can't find it anywhere else, I'd be glad to get it to your listeners. Okay, good. So let's talk about that because I need to ask you about another product I was taking that I think you would help formulate. And I was so impressed with what you talked about. I started taking it and I thought, this stuff's amazing. And I just ran out. So um, (laughs) um, let's talk about uh, how people reach you to buy products through you. And then I'm going to ask you about this particular um, uh, enzyme therapy. 
Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So my, um, I've been working on an online store, Regina, for about three years now. Um, it, we're trying to tie it into our medical records. So when our patients find the products, it goes into the medical records. And that's why it's been so long. I think very soon, in fact, in the next few weeks, I should have my online store and anyone, they don't have to be a patient, can go on there and buy. And what I do, and you know, I spent multiple countless hours on the quality control of these products. So I uh, spent a lot of time making sure that they have in there what they should and that they've been tested. So, so what is the name of the store? What is the URL for the store, Denise? It'll be drwarden.com. It's on my, it'll be on my website. Okay. So it'll okay. be on the website and then they'll just go to the online store and they can search for all kinds of things that, um, that I have vetted out. Okay. Yeah. And you do a great job. Um, really pristine. Okay. So let me refresh me. This is from a couple conversations ago we had, um, and it is a systemic enzyme. And there are only a couple companies that were creating it um, at that level of purity that you, and, and I purchased one from you. So what was that product? Because talk about internal inflammation. This stuff is great. Right. So there are systemic enzymes that are blends. And I use, I usually go right back to the source, the person who brings it into the country, because I know that the, he's bringing in the quality control. But um, the, the product you may be talking about is lumbrokinase. Mm-hmm. And that, that lumbrokinase is uh, the number one drug in Japan, actually. It's yeah. from the silkworm, and it's an enzyme that helps you not form clots. It keeps the blood nice and thin, and it's, uh, it helps with uh, non-clotting. So there were only there was, used to be only one place I could get it. Now there's a couple of companies where we can get it, and we've got others searching. But um, that, that lumbrokinase is what you're after. But you've got to make sure a lot of companies say they have it, and they really don't. They are putting something else in there that looks like it. But uh, Canada RNA is one. Uh, but the one that I'm using now is um, it's a private label one. And they could only probably only get it from me or other doctors that are. That what, is it, what is the label name? It would be under me. It would be under the label now is underneath me. I private labeled it. So it'll okay. say Dr. Warden's prescription for health. They'll be able to get it on the website though. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Great. Because I, I personally really like that one because I, I don't have a lot of internal inflammation that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm not in pain except for one little digit in this. <laughs> That's kind of my weather vein for if I have. Gina, some- I didn't think you had any imperfection. <laughs> oh, <yes. What? laughs> and this one little digit here, if I've been eating poorly or whatnot, it, it's painful right there. And it was yeah. painful. And I started taking that complex and <laughs> and just literally a couple of days, yeah. I, I noticed I didn't have any uh, pain in that little joint. And I thought this stuff's what you right. said. And that means inflammation was causing that. And when you get the inflammation down, it, it went away. So good. Okay. Okay. Helped. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to put in, after we hang up here, I'm going to put a couple orders in with you. Um, I, you know, I hope that your research blows up so big that I can't even get an interview with you. I mean, you're doing so many phenomenal things. I've said this before, um, that you might not have time, especially after your book comes out, which I don't even know why you how you have time to write your book, which is. Well, obviously not enough time. It's not finished yet, but it's, all, <laughs> yeah. it's getting there. I'm seeing patients and doing the research. And so, you know, that, that, that I have to do. Uh, that's in my blood, but the book, I, it, it's, it's coming along. It will be <laughs> soon. 
<laughs> okay, well, keep it up, girl. Um, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. I mean, it's kind of frightening on one hand, but it's also very heartening to know there are things we can do. And that's, that's right. And I, and I meant to mention, and before we got off, Regina, I think this is important. The liver is amazing in regeneration. You can cut out 75% of the liver, only leave 25%, and within a few months, it's going to grow back to a full liver again. If it doesn't have bad things still happening to it that are keeping it from getting better. So the body is amazing. You can take Tylenol and destroy 50 to 60% of that liver. And within three to four weeks, it's already regenerating. So it's a good little guy. We need to take care of it. But if we constantly have fatty liver and inflammation in there, it can't do its job. But it can repair. So always remember, the body's amazing and the liver is amazing. Let's take good care of it. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. Denise, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing this story with us. And uh, we'll be back again together in a couple of months, okay? Thank you, Regina. Look forward to it. And again, everybody, Dr. Denise Warden, um, you can go to drwarden.com, right, Denise? It's Dr. That's correct. We're going to go to drwarden.com to check out her research and to check out the, hopefully the new store coming up soon with her products, because I know she's vetted them really well. And I feel really comfortable sharing that information with all of you. And I do with my friends as well. So until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com.